Hey guys, it's 8 Nobody. Before we start today's episode, just take a second to talk about our sponsor, Sinister Jerky, and you can find that at www.sinisterjerky.com. They have all sorts of flavors from Carnage Asada, OG, the Pickle, which is made with dill flavoring, Cracked Pepper, Mango Habanero, and Sriracha Smoke. All these flavors are amazing. I've tried them all personally, and I cannot recommend them enough. Use code KINGDOM at checkout. For a 10% discount, that code is KINGDOM, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. All right, guys, we'll catch you after the episode. All right, welcome back to CastleComs. Today, we have a repeat offender. We have a brand new affiliate to the Cycle Frontier. We have the one, the only, the shoot you in the face with the PDW, Spicy Bean Dip. Spicy Bean Dip, how you doing today? Really good, man. Thanks for having me again. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Cause uh, you were you're my cycle frontier guy, and we talked oh, yeah. extensively about the game during the beta. And now that the game has fully released, I, I just have to know from somebody who's played it extensively, makes content for it, among other games. How would you say the full release of the game stacks up to the beta? Would you say it's completely different would you say it's similar would you say it's better like what is your take um it's definitely better i think the numbers brought maybe more issues like come to light like the only major issue i personally encountered is uh dc issues but like their balancing has gone really good the patches they've done um like each week they didn't do one this week but all the patches have been really helpful especially the last one right they never shot the smgs feel better um, and what's really promising, I was really curious to see the player numbers after the Tarkov wipe, because that was going to be like the main competitor, right? Right. And really healthy. They're consistently between like 13K to 15K on a normal day. No Twitch drops, no special hype, no patch day. Right. It's really good. See, that's that's actually really cool. And DC issues are to be expected, especially with these servers coming online and like you know, the max inflow of players. And that cycle is so unique because, you know, it's not like Tarkov where you have, like, 30 minutes to do what you need to do on a map. This one, it's like, hey, if you want to stay your entire day, you can. You just got to, like, you know, hide during the storm. Yep. That's so, why I keep track of uh, my raids on screen because sometimes I'll show people, like, two hours into the stream, I've got, like, 10 done because right. I'm in and out super quick. No, Tarkov, you know, that's like two raids. <laughs> right? Especially if you're on a map like Woods or Lighthouse, you're just like, yeah, dude, I'm on my first raid and I'm 45 minutes in. What do you want from me? <laughs> two endurance, just like super overweight the whole time. Yeah. Totally. So with the Cycle Frontier, I have to know, do you have a record for the longest time set in a raid? Like, have you been in a raid and survived, like, three storms? Or do you, like, you said you like to get in and out, but do you have a moment where you were in there for multiple storms? Um, I don't think I've been in multiple storm ones. That's, because my longest raid, I think, in the in the launch, it says 15 minutes, which okay. is, like, one long raid. Um, I'm going to have to try. Right now, <laughs> how many storms can I survive in one raid? You could be that guy. So, with the, the you talked about the weapon modifications. So I know they they buffed the PDW, but they nerfed the shotgun, but not drastically. I think they took away one point of damage, and they added a new pistol to the game. So, with the meta currently, where would you say the meta is sitting for weapons? It's gonna be 
where it was in beta people don't realize like they're newer that beta like it was once you hit like the brutes unlocked the voltaic brute and the flechette is unlocked with osiris the smgs are were really really good where everyone is carrying them and uh the last few times my buddies that we played our mmr has been like going through the roof which is like a bad if you're not trying to sweat every raid it gets pretty intimidating like right. yesterday i ran three all purple gear all exotic brutes i will take brutes you know the exotic weapon and we just got rolled over like immediately and that that's the meta it's smgs like once again that's uh the, the shotgun nerf like the trench gun for example used to two tap as a great weapon which is insane you didn't even have to just you just have to push someone and two tap them and land with a gray weapon that's that incredibly like, good yeah the bolt action is the only one that still two taps and i think that should be a little more expensive but it, it's a lot better the shotguns were I, I still think they're a little over like the shatter gun is insanely overpowered for how cheap it is right um but i see more people are using smgs now definitely that's the thing I love about your content is like you have no problem going from purple gear to a rusty PTW like oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love when you kill people with the rusty PDWs because you let them know be like hey bro I just took your squad out with a rusty PDW yeah we like to pride in that because we, we were running around even in beta we're like why are these guns in the game like what's the point and I guess we came to the conclusions probably for someone that goes broke, which is really hard to do in that game, no matter because they're so cheap. Right. So and that challenge, like, they're oh. constantly giving you money through your generator and they give you supply crates. Exactly. With better weapons than the rusty weapons. So when we get kills with it, like we're, we're going in there knowing we're probably going to die. But I mean, if we get kills it is so much fun. <laughs> and you never know. You might leave with like a strider head or something crazy. Exactly. exactly. So. I just, the meta gets a little boring for me. I, I watch a lot of videos and a lot of streams, and it's just meta PvP a lot of the times, and I'm like, the game has a lot more to offer, you know? And that's right. what I like to show off in my content. So, with talking about the game having more to offer, would you like to see something from a Cycle Frontier, like a map boss, kind of like what you see with Tarkov, with like Sturman on Woods, Rashala on Customs, would you like to see like maybe a random boss event on the maps in question, be like, oh, there's a fucking huge T-Rex dinosaur in the middle of the map that spawns in like once every 10 times, and then when he's not there, sometimes there's a pterodactyl, would you like to see more monstrous type, like, bosses added to the game? In a way, yeah, I was actually brainstorming about something like that. Like, there's the Alpha Crushers in the dungeon. That's, like, end game content that you can fight and you need for, for like, quests at the end. Right. Um, but I was thinking, like, what if the season ends in 60 days? I'm like, what if they end the season with, like, a cycle event where there's marauders all over the map? You know how, like, raiders get replaced by Skaz and Tarkov? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask if... Yeah what events you wanted to see so you're leading right into it that would be cool if marauders were everywhere just yeah, making life difficult non-stop storm like for instead of just like five minutes or whatever it is let me see an hour-long storm with like 10 minute breaks in between you know just uh i think they're just scratching the surface with their with their events they have to i'm sure they've brainstormed a lot or i have some... no idea what they have in store some quests too would be cool too if it's like hey we want you to extract with five people <laughs> you know like have something that kind of like spurs like hey i know it's a pvp game but we want you to voip and we want you to engage with the community kind of thing 
Yeah, I, I think extracting with a random player would be a great quest. Because uh, I used to do that. Well, every every beginning of beta and beginning of release, people are a lot friendlier and kind of like Tarkov, beginning of wipe. Yeah, before the sweats come out. Exactly. You can hop on my ship. We can extract together with our first quest items, and and then that goes away. (laughs) Everyone's a friend until someone finds a GPU. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So so I think if there were quests incentivized, I I suggested on the Reddit um, months ago, and people seemed to like the idea, that um, we should, the game clearly recognizes when you're in a party with the highlights. So if you extract the ship with someone that's not in your party and you were clearly not killing each other, kind of like the supply crate exists, there should be like uh, a reward for it. You know, like you get, like, like Fences gifts when you extract from the co-op extract. That would be like cool. That. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that would be a cool thing to add to the game. So with Tarkov introducing Terminal, it hasn't come out yet, but, you know, they're working on it, the PvP right. aspect. Would you like to see kind of an arena slash terminal kind of thing for the Cycle Frontier, like a PvP, like, hey, if you want to hone your PvP, this is the place to do it, kind of like a practice thing for people? Um, Maybe not like an arena, but a training range, I think, in their lobby would be awesome, where, like, I don't know, They, I, I wish there was a minigame in the, in the lobby of some sort, and I think, like, a shooting training range... Um, and there would be cool where you can meet people that to party up with, or, uh, I don't know, just, just let us practice our, our attachments on our guns out of our stash. That would um, be cool. Cause that was, if you die, you can only, you can speak to your friend either on discord or stream. If not, you know, do you go into a raid again or do you just wait in the lobby? So something, having something to do would be great. And I think like a little, little training range, something to practice in would be great. A practice range would be cool, too, especially if you could, like, choose the opponent you wanted to go up against. Be like, hey, I want to see how this weapon does against a Jeff, or I want to practice my mechanics against, like, you know, Jeffs, or, like you said, an Alpha Crusher. Every time I say Alpha Crusher, I just think of fucking Joe Rogan, like, Alpha Brain. It just sounds like one of those, like, supplements you would take. But, yeah, it would be cool if you could, like, you know, go in there and be like, all right, I learned that this particular weapon with this particular loadout is not effective against a Jeff, so I'm happy I learned that here as a post out there in the frontier. Right. Because I know some people, uh, like, one of my last videos was on the Advocate, and that's a 76k Kmart gun. Yeah, it's like, an expensive one. usually buy it. Yeah, if they're struggling with PvP, they're not really, if they buy it or they find it, they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to lose it. So, uh, you know, that's why I make those videos to try to show how they feel and look. Um, that way it kind of helps them. But if there was a training range, then people can just try it out, get comfortable before they go out and, uh, you know, get a little practice in. True. And that would also be cool, too, because if somebody could try it out in a practice range, they'd be like, all right, I like this gun. I want to commit to this purchase as opposed to buying it and, like, taking it on Red Raid being like, this gun sucks, you know? Yeah. It's like, man, those guns are not cheap. And sometimes it just doesn't feel like they're worth getting when you have good options that are a little cheaper, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's why I love the shooting range on Tarkov, because I'll, like, you know, I'll try different stuff out. I'll try different weapons, different scopes, different attachments, and before I go out and be like, oh, I hate this scope. Why did I buy this? Or, like, oh, I found this. Let's see what it looks like. Oh, it's, like, there's all sorts of shit on it. I can barely see, like, my reticle. Like, what's going on here? Or, oh, my G36, the vertical recoil is insanely bad. I'm not taking this anywhere. I I I needs mods. I can't use that default. No way. I, uh-uh. uh, dude, even with it modded out. So okay, I I was doing the Jaeger quest 
were well I, I was just trying to loot actually I, I wasn't trying to stash the Isankos in the water bottle I was just looting I was in like ZB 16 or 14 I forget which one the one near the plane crash and I was just in there with a 5-7 and a pilgrim like you know night woods I'm just trying to rat it up make a bunch of like you know get money get medical stuff yeah. and I get rushed by a player with an AKM with a drum mag and I kill him and then Another dude runs up and he's got a G36 and I tap him in the head. I got stirrup done. So I pick up this G36. It's completely loaded out. It's got a silencer. It's got a nice like reticle, like you know, like one of those reflex sights. It's got one of those angled foregrips. Like this thing's like geared out to the max. I equip it. I see a scav. On my third shot, the thing just shoots straight up in the air. I'm like, what is this? It's really hard. That that. Well, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on the Tarkov wipe? It seems like the desync is really rough. I you know, the least amount of I have not had as many problems as my friends. So I'm on my 78th raid, and I've only disconnected as a PMC one time. Okay. And like, yeah, have I had some lag? Of course. Have I had some rubber banding? Yes. But mostly is when that happens, it's because I'm watching my friend who I'm like, playing with on his stream or i'm like watching a youtube like you know i'm watching the gamer hole or some podcast on youtube so it's like you know I, I close that and the rubber banding of the lag usually stops but what i've noticed about this tarkov raid as uh, this this wipe as opposed to the other wipes is a lot of the high tier loot they spread the love for example i found three o scopes not where you would think i i find them in jaeger ground stashes and I found two of them on customs, which I've never found those before. Oh, that's a good find, too. My scab the other day had a fucking Ledex in his butt. I saw that, dude. I'm like, how? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I, I loaded into interchange. <laughs> and I just had a Ledex. And I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I don't care. I'm out of here. <laughs> Anyone? Drop your karma if you need to. Like, if they're messing with you, I'm getting out immediately. And I found four GPUs already. And like they've been, they they've just been there for me. It's been like people don't check. So you know, an idea, the idea computer room. Yeah, I you, go. Uh, I go there for supplies all the time. Everybody hits the computers, but nobody checks that little counter. You know that little counter near. Uh, you know that red bag on the couch. There's that little counter right. That's like right there. Nobody ever checks that. that that's usually where I get my gas analyzers. That's like my honey hole because nobody ever picks. A, I got a GPU off of that the other day. I find Tetris's there sometimes. People just don't check it. And it's funny. I've, I've used on woods. <laughs> one uh, of the village houses. Oh, back. Everybody has their honey holes, and, and it's like this white, they've changed the loot tables up, so my honey hole, like, inventory list has expanded. <laughs> so, when it comes to Cycle Frontier, I know they've added certain things to the game, like certain loot drops, like the Strider head, and certain, like, big ticket things. Now, have you noticed that the loot spawns have changed, or do you feel like they're the same when you're looking for things like OptiGlass? Um, they did tweak them a lot. So, pretty much, Bright Sands is all um, how to kind of say it? it's it's the only rare loot you're gonna find is like base camp jungle. That's it. And then the rest, if you need like more rare loot, like it's gonna be concentrated. But like that, the best loot in the game, you have to go to the hard map now. Pretty much, like those smart mesh. Um, I found two gyroscopes in like just one random building that I needed. Like where where I'm always looking in a crash ship the only place you can find those on bright sands so definitely tweaked it where you kind of have to go more to the other map to really find everything you need for uh late game and game stuff 
Um, for the more common stuff, there's some stuff that's spawning a lot more than beta, like a lot more. Like compound sheets are everywhere and you don't need them. Um, insulation, I'm finding like nonstop. So they definitely tweaked it a lot. I, I know the devs have said when it comes to like PvP balancing and then even the loot, they're making very minor changes throughout the season because they don't want to like shift the meta anywhere, you know, like right. drastically. So my question to you is, you know how Tarkov has scav runs? How would you feel if Cycle Frontier introduced a thing where you could play as a strider and you could eat loot? And if you could extract with your eaten loot, you get to keep it as your, you know, your player. Oh man, I I wish there was something like scaving. I don't I don't know if that would be it, but just the idea of having um that's something that I feel like I miss a lot from Tarkov, even though I'm I enjoy cycle a lot right now, is when I'm having like some sweaty runs, you know, I'm dying, I'm like, oh I just want to go in and like just mess around. Right. You know, I wish I had some sort of way to do that. Um, or even if I there was no be... loot, if you're just like, hey, I'm a strider, <laughs> just to be a strider. Yeah, just go eat prospectors and chase them down. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's a player strider, god help us. That would be a lot of fun. I... It, it, it sounds actually like not a bad idea, I, I just, yeah, I miss that part, that, that scav feeling. Because, you know, sometimes in Tarkov, you have those moments where you're just like, oh, I'm going and chat it out. And then you come back dead and you're like, I'm never going to financially recover. <laughs> it's nice to have those scavs. And, you know, like the scavs, I don't know what it is about my scav, but my scav has way better luck than my PMC. Like my PMC will be like digging through computers nonstop and be like, oh, I got a T plug. Yeah. And then my scav will be like, yeah, you know, I got like four CPs. I got... <laughs> I got a GPU, no biggie. I've been actually, when I have played Tarkov this way, I've played Scav the least amount because I made so much money off my Scav last wipe, and I'm like, okay, I want to see how well I would do with just PMC. Oh, so you're strictly running PMC. No, no, I'm still playing Scav because I like to go meme with people and, like, hunt PMCs down with crappy weapons. Right. But just not as much. Last last uh, wipe... I was at Scav every other raid, like nonstop, like religiously. And did I um, when Lighthouse came out, before they nerfed the loot and that water treatment and people knew the routes, I think I made four on wipe day alone. You probably did. Scabbing. Now, yeah. did you find, have you noticed that lab cards are spawning more often on scabs? Uh, I think so. And I think that's just because you can't buy them on the market since last wipe. Oh, and that brings me to my next thing. Intelligence have been spawning in random file cabinets. Like, I... You know, like, that's where I find them all the time. Like, you know, like, that hard spawn on, like, you know, Customs Crack House. I've only got one from there. Yeah. Every other one I've gotten, I'm, I've been looking for, like, bullshit. I've been looking for, like, oh, I'm just looking for Euros, or I'm just looking for light bulbs so I can like, upgrade illumination. And then I was like, oh, here's an intelligence folder. I'm like, oh, oh, my. Well, if I do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think maybe because the scav task got added and those are gatekept behind the uh, Intel Center. Maybe that's why. They they want people to experience those as fast as possible or just to get to them eventually. So they made the spawn a little easier. I think that's the main thing you need for it, right? Just yeah. an Intel folder. Well, you need an Intel folder. You need a topographic map. And then you need one other thing for Intel level one. Intel level two, you need uh, you need some flash drives. You need intelligence, and then you need some other bullshit. I, I can't remember. So, my question for you is, how do you feel about the scav fence quests? Do you find that some of them are ridiculous? Do you find they're, like, right where they need to be? Like, where? how do you feel about them? 
I actually haven't unlocked mine. I have, I really I think you're ahead of me in progression now. But I, I have watched and I like them. Um, I it's a little weird that they affect your PMC unless they change that recently. Um, I, I think it's the first step towards. Uh, did you ever hear about the Scaf Life DLC that Nikita mentioned like in the past? I, I have heard a little bit about that, but when it comes to Battle State, it's just one of those things where it's just like, he's not telling us the full thing, because, you know, they like to keep right. things behind, so it's just like a scav life, so it's like, I'm curious, but I don't want to dive as deep as a nice guy would, or as a one peg, like, I don't like to go, like, you know, put on a tinfoil hat, so to speak, because I know no matter how much energy I put into it, I'm going to be wrong. Right. Well, supposedly, you know, you'll we're going to be have like full fledged scav characters if you get that DLC, or I guess like it's going to be part of the OD if you have it. That That's pretty sick. Like I think like go. Um, so I don't know. Maybe this is the first step towards more fleshed out scav characters, which would be really cool. Honestly, like that would be really cool. Just customize how they look. Yeah, man, and like. I don't know, you actually worry about your skills? I actually was doing that last wipe. I was like, I'm going to see how high I get my strength on my scab. You know, I had like a level 25 scab by the end. It was fun. <laughs> right, right. So when it comes to Cycle Frontier, do you think they should take a page from Tarkov and make offline raids a thing so that way a newer player to the Frontier could be like, you know, partner with a friend who's more seasoned so they can show them where to go and where, where the loot is and all the fun stuff? I, I Loki hope so. Just make it where we can't. It doesn't like like offline Tarkov. The loot doesn't matter. You don't lose it. You don't gain it. And uh, like a single player mode, like where you maybe you can even turn off creatures for creators. Like I really want to be able to go into the map and just record stuff. Right. You know, I don't want to PvP. I go in there and show spots and, and maybe we'll do cool cinematics like you can do in Rust and DayZ. Um, I feel like every game should have like an offline mode for that reason. Like. Give your creators more tools. They can make better content and promote your game even better. You know? Right. Especially if Cycle wants to introduce missions like a shooter born in heaven where you have to get, like, you know, certain distances or whatever. That way you'd be like, okay, well, I got to find a spot so I can farm. Right. I I, I know they don't want to push too much into the Tarkov territory because then they blend a little too much, I guess. Right. Because they oh, want to yeah. be their own entity. And... They definitely have a very unique world. Like, the setting couldn't be any more different. The art style couldn't be any more different. But there are some quality of life things I would like to see introduced from Cycle to Tarkov, Tarkov to Cycle, and then Marauders to both. So (laughs) that leads me to my next question for you is, are you excited for the Marauders beta? And I could honestly, by the end of the year, as much as I love Tarkov, I put 2,000 hours in that game. By the time Mirage is released, I could just see myself playing Mirage in Cycle and, like, exclusively making content mainly for those games with a whole other scum and other games sprinkled in because that game, man, has so much potential. Like, the whole Sea of Thieves aspect. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's For 70 years, we've been putting things in our butt. (laughs) There's, wait, there's no there's no butt pocket in Marauders. Never mind. <laughs> well, I don't know what game you've been playing. <laughs> right? I, I'm just so used to having a butt pocket. Yeah, like, I, I only played a little bit of the Marauders Alpha. Like, you know, like the last two weeks of it. And I loved it. Right. 
Like one of my favorite aspects was like not only the scene, but also that you could stack shit in your inventory. And be like, oh, I have coins. Like, yeah, why should a Bitcoin or why should one silver coin take up an entire slot when I can, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense in that regard. I, uh, I think the way I have, cause my, I guess my, my community revolves around the looter shooters and survival games. And I right. have a lot of people that never played games like Tarkov and Cycle and now Marauders. Right. And, you know, I like VRs, but not as much as I used to. I just, I think we need to move on from them. And I think, um, Cycle will be that good game. That's introductory to the genre. Marauders, I think will have more crossover with Tarkov where I, I see a lot of Tarkov players not want to play Cycle because they're not, you they don't like the time to kill. They don't like the healing. Right. Well, like Cycle, if you, impacts, I think Cycle would be a nice transition. It's a lot more like a BR and, and it's a lot more forgiving. Yeah. So like, like, I could just see a spectrum of these games developing with Cycle being more entry level, Tarkov being on the extreme hard end, and then yeah, like Marauders, you know, a little more uh, realistic looking, a little more of its own, and you know, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's it's a, it's gritty, it's difficult. You have a lot less space to work with, but certain things are simplified when compared to a Tarkov, like ammo types. You don't have a million ammo types. Medical, it's just like oh, I put this on my person and it heals. It's not like, oh my god, heavy bleed, light bleed, broken arm, you know, it's not to that level. It, will it get to that level? Potentially. I don't, I don't know what the devs are planning for it. I mean, Marauders Alpha, like, the audio was pretty bad, but overall you can see the potentials there. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I like to about their own twist of the genre. Like, instead of having all these traders that I have to constantly sell to and get quest fun, I only have to see one every, like, 15 minutes. And I think that's so cool that they can rotate the... the the trader and they can change their store without us knowing and then bring right. them back in and he has to sell. And that makes you know, sense too because they're warring factions and you wouldn't expect warring factions to be civil on a space station. It's just like, oh, the Americans are here. We're going to leave or whatever the, the, the US faction is. And they're like, oh, the German faction's here, whatever the fuck they're called. I forget. Because like, they all have weird names. I haven't memorized those, like Kingdom Alliance and some others, <laughs> some shit like that. And plus, who doesn't love being in a raid and then just you know pushing your automatic talk button? The fuck you, the whisper. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man, I hope they this beta. I hope we push the talk and uh, maybe like an auto, an auto loot, a quick loot button because we we have to drag everything. Remember, that's true. I got a little old. Oh, absolutely. But that's just one of those quality of life things I'm sure that they'll address because I'm sure that was one of the things they heard a lot about. So speaking of voice cues, have you played Broken English Bear? That's my uh, first bear ever. My This uh, wife, I had to choose it. I'm Sergi. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the Broken English Bear voice lines. They're pretty funny. And then uh, I was curious to see if Cycle was going to add voice lines because, to my recollection, they don't have those yet. Like, you can VoIP. Your person makes noise when they run and jump. Oh, they do. I've never heard. I don't think I've heard those. You have to hold left alt, and there's a wheel to choose from. A That's why. I don't even know that because I for tutorial and it's an odd key to be holding down yeah i was gonna say left so. alt's not wouldn't be my choice but hey <laughs> there you go my boy sometimes will bug out and that works i use it a lot more um and i also like to troll people with it because they have no idea where you are and you just hear like hey prospector <laughs> I right. some rocking <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice gun you got there prospector <laughs> so when it comes to cycle frontier 
being an affiliate, because I know a lot of people applied for the affiliate ship, and only a certain amount of people received said, you know, title. What goes into being an affiliate? Like, do they give you certain goals that you have to reach? Do they put it out there and be like, hey, you have to put out X amount of content? Or, like, what, what all entails being an affiliate for a game? Um, I applied back in, in beta 2, and I think they might still have the same requirements, but... Um, they have like a two levels. You can apply like if you're just a YouTube content creator and you just make videos. They have like a minimum subscriber requirement, um, and like uh, I think viewer or number of videos you have to put out like within a month. And then the, the, like the YouTube partner, there's like two tiers for Twitch streamer and then for YouTube, right? I play through the Twitch side even though I make YouTube content, and I can I might be able to tier up to their partner level. So there's affiliates and then the partners, and I don't know really what the partners. I guess they have more exclusive Twitch drops days, and they have their own channels. Um, I don't think they get any sort of monetization. That I don't know. I know at my level we don't. We just get um the, the Twitch drop drives are really nice, you know, exclusive to the channels, and uh, we do have a minimum requirement of like hours you have to stream. It's very low though. It, it's really not hard to upkeep. Pretty much if you play the game, you'll meet them. You know. Right. Um. I think they had they will keep opening it up in waves to apply. I think they just reopened it again recently. Um, it took them a while for them to get back to me for my application, but it was the first wave of applications, I guess. That's pretty awesome. So when you stream, do you have drops for a cycle? Uh, not every time, but when they had their campaigns, like last Friday, they did an extra drop day um, that I had on the channel. Um, they did do something really cool that. I don't really see other games do. And, you know, usually you, when there's drops for, like, Tarkov, right? It's either everyone has them and then just the Tarkov partner creators have them. Right. And then um, you, you sit there and then you get, like, a battery. <laughs> you don't really get, like, the yeah. best of drops. With uh, with Cycle, do the same where every streamer that streams it that day has them or those days. And then their partner creators. But then they also do where my level, the affiliate creators... They have their own separate days. Like we had one during the last campaign and the partners didn't have it. So people actually had to watch the smaller creator channels to get their drop. That's a and, great uh, way to establish growth with the affiliate. And like, you know, because people are going to come to your channel to get those drops and they might be like, oh, Spicy Bean Dip's the truth. I'm going to follow this guy. I'm going to follow everything he does. Like, do you see a big bolster in your numbers when you have a drop day? I did. Yeah, I definitely did. I've only had two, but I definitely did. And, uh, some pe people have been coming around now, and I think I, I've been pushing my YouTube pretty heavily, and I think all of that combined has really helped. Um, it's it's summer too; it's a little slower, so it definitely helps on the slow days. You Not know, having something like drops on the channel, right? So, for your YouTube, do you find that your scum content, your cycle content, like what which of your videos would you say has the most traffic? Or is it one of those things where it's kind of universal around the board? Well, so my like my content is I do variety for survival games and looter shooters. Right. Um, and I usually find all the updates that are big. Like I haven't touched Scum because we're the whole Scum community is kind of waiting for the next big update, which is a building overhaul um, and uh, farming and a few other things. So when, when, you know, the games are a little, uh, we're waiting for patches and stuff, that's kind of when I go and bounce around. Um, like, so right now, I mean, Cycle, since it's so new, I'm kind of really making a lot for it because it's been, there's not much out there, 
relatively speaking, like Tarkov or Rust or Daisy. Um, Scum is another one that's been good for my channel too. But uh, Scum is like love hate. It's just so many things I want the game to get better at that they haven't done, but they're supposed to be happening. It's like just that, that slow development, you know. And I cannot. I also have the problem where I can't make the game. I just, I just can't. I would do it. It's just no way. <laughs> the scum um, content is so funny, and like just all of it just makes me like. You always have like that big fat guy who's naked, like on a bike, or yeah, just yeah. the thumbnails are amazing. <laughs> Thanks, man. It, you know, I, I I definitely think there's a crossover audience in all these games. Um, you know, I met friends that like Rez and Tarkov, um, and I think they could like you know slow shooters like Marauders and Cycle. Um, it's just like a whole spectrum to me, the way I see it. So I like to touch all those games, and hopefully someone that hasn't played one can try the other and enjoy it. You know? Right, because they all have very similar aspects to them. Like, they might not be brothers, but they're definitely cousins. They're on the same, like, you know, lineage. They, they all have some very similar trends with some unique flavor. Like, for example, Cycle, you can vault, you can climb on stuff, you can get to really crazy spots. And you're fighting aliens and people, whereas Tarkov, you're just fighting people. Marauders, you're fighting space Nazis and other random bits. Yeah, they're they're all so similar. And like I get a lot of um, you know, gamers in chat and they're like, man, I can't find anything. I don't I'm I don't like Tarkov right now. It's kicking my ass. I'm like, all right, well, try this, you know? Um, or like, oh, screw cycle, the time the kills kill me. I'm like, all right, well, maybe go play a little solo Tarkov and you might take down some teams, you know? It's just uh it's I'd like to make sure I send people the right way. And playing all these games and making videos, it really, uh, it's helped a lot too. I think so, my community's pretty happy with games are playing too. What is more gratifying? Killing somebody on the cycle frontier and having them foam and have all their gear shoot out all over the place. Like, you know, that like you just popped a pimple. Or in Tarkov, when you kill somebody and you're the, they fall over. Like, what is, to you, is more gratifying? Yeah, I think it's the foaming, man, because... If I have a solo, foaming a whole duo that's pushing me, or even a trio, oh man, that's that's hard to do, and it feels so good. <laughs> right. Especially because they, if, you know, shit talking, and, and you, you know, you just do all your talking through the gun. It, it's, Dark Ops sometimes just feels too quick. I can't relish it, you know, I'm getting shot I scat before I can relish my kill. <laughs> totally, totally. It's like, Tarkov... It just feels like there's more vultures. Like, when you get a kill, it's just like, all right, let me loot this body. And then, you know, you get third-partied almost immediately. Whereas Cycle, it feels like when you do get a kill, you have a lot more time to, like, you know, loot said corpse before, you know, you get jumped upon. Right. I, I think knowing that the, the fights drag out longer because there's healing and, and quick healing in, in the Cycle, and you're constantly, you know, getting covered. There's a lot of places to get covered. I think that's why when the, the fight ends, it's very gratifying, especially your solo, because um, you worked for it, you know? You you didn't, not saying it's like in Tarkov, you don't work for your kill, but, you know, sometimes, like, I, I snipe a lot, I just lay in a bush, boom, dead, and then really feel like I really worked hard for it, you know? Totally. It was no, your best play. To yeah, you, you just found an angle, you found an off angle where you didn't check, like, you just found a spot where you were like, oh, I need to get, like, these pistol kills, or I need to get Tarkov shooter done, so I need to get, like, a bolt action kill from, like, two feet away, so let me just camp this door real quick, <laughs> you know, something like that. So, when it comes to Cycle, do you want to see more maps introduced to the game, or do you feel like the two map is okay? No, I definitely... I 
probably have a third one that's supposed to be harder than Crescent Falls um, in the works. I don't know what season. Um, are you, do you know the Spud Hunter? Spud like Hunter? I am not familiar with Spud Hunter, but I'll, I'll look them up. He's really blown up with the game. He's top of the category, and, and I found him through Cycle, and a lot of people have. But um, he's Australian, and uh, I think he, he tweeted the other day, like, I'm, I don't know if you should even tweet it. He's like, man, I just can't wait for, like, if you guys knew what I knew for Season 2 and 3, what's in store for Cycle, like, you would just so excited like i am and he's like that's all i'm gonna say something along those lines i'm like no there's a new map but who knows but they could have more maps in store you know oh they could have all sorts of crazy stuff in store like it's kind of funny because is spud would you say spud hunter is the cycle frontiers version of a pestily yes that's literally he plays with pest uh like <laughs> something about australians in these games they just they just gravitate to him <laughs> he is he is the cycles pest I'll put it that way. <laughs> nice, nice. So, my question to you is, is there any other cycle creator that you want to work with moving forward that you haven't already? Um, I mean, he's Spider Hunter. If you listen to this, I'd love to play if I could. <laughs> um, Player 2, he makes a lot of uh, YouTube content that's really helpful for new players, which is what I, I aim for, you know? I like to get new players into these games, and I know... Uh, he makes really good, helpful guides and stuff too. Right. Um, he seems to be growing the game too, which I, I I like. I like being part of a community that's new and that's uh you know there's a lot of promise. My biggest worry was the Tarkov was gonna tank the cycle's numbers, but now the wipe is underway. It looks really healthy and it makes me really excited for future seasons. You know. So if Team Evasion was to branch off to Cycle Frontier and to Marauders. Would you want to join a team like that or an org like that for a game, or do you like running a solo? Um, I would join. I, I you know, I, I guess it just depends. Uh, I don't think Cycle really has any competitive promise. Maybe sell kill tournaments. At least not uh, yet. Lobbies, right, and like they could be playing custom lobbies. Um, because like clearly esports, if the game has good esports, it can the game for years look at csgo league dota for god's sake like they're they carry those games still um and then you know if you can somehow incorporate esports and competitive aspect and yeah it can be, be really helpful so i don't know um marauders i don't know how yeah, i guess more gold tournaments i don't know how esports can really tie to these but i know evasion also does calling creation in general so if there there were any teams yeah i consider it you know if there was a benefit pretty nice. open to uh two things so in cycle frontier like it, it has a lot of things that are a lot more simplistic when it comes to a tarkov like healing's a lot easier ammo management's a lot easier gun inventory is smaller do you want to see things like eating and drinking added to the game or do you think the mechanics and all that are right where they're supposed to be um, I don't want to see more survival-esque things because that if, if I want more survival, I just play Tarkov, right? I think it's right. good on that aspect. It's when it comes to survival. Um, I do want to see maybe more movement um, added. Like I want to see like uh, leans possibly left and right leans. Uh, those are a little hard to incorporate. We don't want right hand peak advantage either, like Tarkov. Um, but like free look, like you know, being able to turn your head, I think that would be awesome in the cycle. Um, stuff like that I would really like, but 
more survival aspects, I think it's go without it. Totally. So when it comes to Marauders and the uniqueness of the ship-to-ship combat, are you looking forward to utilizing potting out, or are you going to be more of a, I'm going to go straight to the main hub, and if somebody boards me, I'll deal with it? Like, is ship-to-ship combat something you're interested in, or is it kind of like a meh? I did a lot of the ship-to-ship combat. That's what got me buying the game pre-order and dealing with the alpha issues. Because that, well, that was the selling point for me. And uh, I did a lot of that right off the bat. And Because you don't know how many people could be on one ship. There could be up to four people. It's pretty... It, it's tough. You know, there's quite a rush from... Yeah, I would do it if I had gear. But I actually... Since I want to get a lot of things recorded for videos during beta. Because it's only five days. You know, guide stuff. Uh, loot spawns. Um, see what's changed in there. I'll probably do more of the... I'll take fights as I see them. You know, I don't want to be draining my money and I want to progress as much as I can. Totally. During the beta. So with the Psycho Frontier, like, do you want to see skill attributes be leveled up passively throughout the game? Like stamina or recoil control? Like, do you want to see a reward system for people who play the game like that? Be like, oh my guy can run further and faster because I played this amount of time. Like, do you want to see some kind of progressionary achievements other than just loot? You no. Know, I've... There's been so many times where I've been, like, healing nonstop in the raid and the cycle, and I'm like, man, this is so much healing XP that I could be getting in Tarkov, right? Because right. I love that gradual gain and it's really satisfying like you keep getting that so sometimes i do wish it but again like it, like if you added food or water to the game we're pushing more towards the tarkov territory exactly that would scare away their base and, and that's I'm the like, nice thing about cycle it, yeah it keeps you all in the same playing field except for gear mm-hmm. exactly I, I i don't think so i Personally, I would be okay with it, and I know I would enjoy it, but I've played a lot of Tarkov, so it's comfortable for me. But I know that would scare away so many players. Like, oh my god, I got to grind 60 hours, do they have more strength than me? No, I'm not playing that game. You know, I'm like, I, I don't want that to happen to this game. So, with the release of Cycle, I have to bring this up, because this was one of my main concerns about Cycle, the way it was going. How do you feel about the DLCs? Like, you know, all this extended content that they're selling to people skins and then when you buy that you get certain things like how do you feel about the in-game purchases where they currently stand um well all the like the, the battle pass and uh for all oh, i'll start with the fortune the past the battle pass you get free stuff from that without paying um and it's all like materials and you get like some free guns they're all like green tier and right. gray nothing crazy you buy it, it's just a bit Right, and then when you buy, you get the skins, and uh, then through the store, you know, for those that don't know, it's all skins. Um, the, the packs that you're talking about, like the Initia pack, the Elite pack, the ones that you actually pay, like, more money for. Right. Um, they do give you, like, different K-Mark amounts to start, and RM, the currency for insurance, and, and um, what do you call it, skins. And uh, you get some starter weapons that are different, blue and green, the more expensive ones. But honestly, it is a very minimal, like, difference. Like, if you're a bad player, you're going to lose all that gear. Oh, absolutely. Tarkov more win than this. At, like, completely more. Like, in Tarkov, I don't think people understand the pain of leveling Jaeger on the alpha count. 
it is not easy, especially the level two. Right. That, uh, that XP he gives you is minimal. And when you have that loyalty bonus that you started off with, plus the stash base and not having spent 2.5 mil, plus all the mats that you guys get, Soleil Woods right off the bat, CMSs. Oh, dude, that, that to me feels more pay to win. Than- and the gamma container where you can put, like, you know, a grizzly and all that other stuff. No, totally. I, I, yeah. I get that completely. I was afraid yeah. that frontier cycle frontier was gonna do something that's just like oh if you want a purple gun give us five bucks or you know i was afraid that they were gonna go that route so it's nice to see that it's mostly just cosmetic like yeah they do give you some green stuff but that's nothing that's you know over the top that's not gonna make or break something really yeah if if you're a decent player of the game you know the, the gears and end up in the player's hands on the better player's hands every time so if some like little timmy who's sh- terrible pvp buys the 120 dollar elite pack for the cycle thinking he's gonna like destroy everyone on day one he's probably not if he's still a trash pvp thinking that he's gonna make phase clan just by buying that package it's not gonna happen yeah right it's it's very minimal you know um that was a big worry for me when i started hearing about the the packs but no after those are already like they don't matter anymore right now right like a month into just growing up in the age of, you know, when these in-game purchases first came around, when certain games were destroyed by, you know, the pay-to-play, like, you know, buy this and just, like, completely, like, break the game, that's something that I'm always fearful to see when a game introduces that. So it's nice to see that Cycle Frontier found a way to introduce in-game purchases for them to be profitable without breaking the experience. I'm glad we cleared that up too because I know there's a lot of people that have never played it and they get misconceptions and I'm like that's one thing that I make sure that we you know people know and oh and, absolutely uh, it's more like the Fortnite route free game with skins and then the skins and the emotes haven't been like over the top either you know they they're fine um so I think they're going the right route so nobody's killed you and done an L dance on your body. <laughs> No, thank God. I'm glad, I'm glad I don't get to see that. <laughs> You're telling me this is a game without flossing, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. No thank flossing. God for that. <laughs> oh, man. So, for survival shooters and all these things that you currently enjoy, is there any game coming up out of the woodwork, other than Marauders, yes. that you're looking forward to? Yes. Okay. Okay, so, if in the, in the dream world... Cycle Marauders would be two of my favorite games to make content for, and then this third one I'm telling you, it's called Renown. Renown? Uh, I've never heard of Renown. It's it's. I started following it as of two years ago, and they just I have one video on it. I had a play demo for Steam Games Fest, um, like a month and a half ago, and uh, I'm not familiar. Your you know listeners might be familiar with OTK, um, the creator work that has Asmund Gold, for example, the big WoW creator, and and they had a games fest that they hosted where they invited all these small indie games, put videos and submissions, and they had like it was on Twitch. They had a bunch of viewers for it, thousands, thousands, and uh, they had a winner, and the winner got pretty much banned from the org, fund their game, and Renown won. And pretty much what Renown is, it's medieval rust. You literally. Oh, that sounds so cool. Chivalry, um, for honor, more house slash sword uh, fights, right? PvP melee, right? Um, and pretty much that the theory is you you spawn into your server. There's gonna be multiple servers, most likely. I'm sure like Rust, and uh, you mine, you build your castle, 
And like instead of having like a workbench that you use in Rust, you're gonna have a blacksmith that you build up, and there's gonna be an NPC. You gotta right, build a forge. Yes, exactly. And that is so cool. Fascinating with catapults, trebuchets, climb ladders on the walls, and climbing up and meleeing them. With, like you know, having actual sieging of a castle, kind of like what you'd see in a mountain blade, but with a PvP yeah. like all players as opposed to NPCs that are brainless. And you're, they're just charging in like idiots. So in theory, a streamer and his community, they can go on the server, make their own little castle, and go against another streamer and community and, and go to open medieval warfare. Oh, now, God. Can you imagine the battles that would ensue? It'd be like Mr. Beast versus Lupo in medieval times. So, so that game, the, the demo I played was really early. I, I didn't expect any sort of public build till this fall. Um, but in order to play right now, you have to just back the game like through their website and, and Steam. But the fact that they won that game expo and got all those eyes and they have like an org like that with that much clout and exposure, you know, already backing them, it's already big for them. Um, it's just, they literally say like, we take a lot of inspiration from Rust. Like we want to be like medieval Rust. And to me, Rust is the best survival game out there by the numbers and the way it plays. Right. They have a medieval version of pretty cool. I wonder what's going to be the meta for that. I wonder if it's going to be like crossbows or if it's going to be like, you know, long reach weapons like a spear or a, halber a halberd or like, I wonder how that's going to play out. Like so many wheels are turning in my head just hearing about medieval rust. That just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I, um, the demo man, let me tell you, these guys that play Mordhound, For Honor, and Chivalry, dude, people are good at this PvP sword melee. I was terrible. Like, it, it was very in-depth mouse movements and, like, holding certain keys while you move your mouse. And it's a bit of a skill gap there that, you know, if people are good at it, they're going to roll you over in that game. <laughs> it's come a long way from Mountain Blade, that's for sure. It's just like, I can block up, down, or left, or right. Now it's just like, you know, diagonally, side. Like, that sounds yeah. like it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, people were faking... Uh, attacks on me and then stabbing me i'm like holy cow this is the demo for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> what is this witchcraft bullshit <laughs> are they gonna have magic though is my question they haven't really mentioned it and i i looked at their development tree um on their website and doesn't mention any sort of witchcraft magic no i think we're gonna be down to the uh through like medieval warfare, I think right. we're gonna stick within I'm just Bronze Age, just swords and and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be super sick. I can't wait to see that. So, for that game, if you got in on the ground floor and they handed you a streamer item, what would be Spicy Bean Dip's medieval medieval item? Dude, I think like uh, I don't know the idea of like a, a guillotine. Is that too dark? <laughs> no, that's absolutely viable. Like, in that game, I imagine you could knock people out, and you'd be like, throw them in the guillotine. <laughs> I don't know, we had a red guillotine with, like, my logo on the top. <laughs> <laughs> Let well, them eat cake. Not, uh, hey, this, these are genre games where you're killing people and stealing things. A guillotine's right in that yeah. wheelhouse. What do you mean too dark? There's no too dark here. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> oh, I love it. So... With all these things coming out, for somebody who streams Cycle Frontier and somebody who used to stream Tarkov more often, do you find that the bitrate and visually it's more appealing to stream 
on Twitch cycle Frontier just because of the way the game looks compared to a Tarkov. Because I know a lot of people who stream Tarkov have some issues trying to make it look nice. Yeah, Tarkov even like like the painkiller effect, like and the, the night vision, and it definitely like it feels grainy at times on even on nice partner streamers where they have no limitations, right? Right. Cycle does look a little easier, you know, on the eyes and stuff, and even when it's dark and the storms happening, it's not as bad as like nighttime Tarkov with no MVGs. You know? Well, even the storm's um, pretty colorful. Like you have that like trippy psychedelic yeah. lightning. Like the storm's actually pretty cool to sit through. If you've never sat through a storm, give it a shot. It's actually like I don't run out into it. You know, definitely go inside, but yeah. like watch it. Oh, right. Okay, little 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 tip. If uh, well, you're if you get con storm you know anyone listening and you see a constant lightning strike on like the same building there's probably someone there most players don't know especially when they're new that lightning strikes during the storm aim for players and like they will consistently hit buildings that players are hiding in so i take it to my advantage i'll run out in the storm with some heels and i chase lightning strikes and with players in the dark i get so many free kills doing it <laughs> See, and nobody really expects to get killed during a storm by another player. They probably think that, oh, I'm the only guy left on this map from this, like, last little iteration. Yep. <laughs> do people VoIP you when, you when you're, like, attacking? Like, bro, no, please. Like, do you get people begging you not to kill them on cycle? Uh, I feel like my community's been calling me a bully lately, and I've been trying to change, man. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of begging, a lot of begging lately. <laughs> so when I'm running with my friends. Yeah, like Spice here. We killing this guy. Like he's same friendly. But yeah, kill him, kill him, <laughs> jump him. <laughs> You're feeding right into the gay, the guillotine narrative. I love it. Yeah. Kill him. Take his stuff. This game has changed you, Spicy. <laughs> I might have, man. I think uh, the fake families I've gone in the past. They just they broke me too much. But how many times in these types of games has you had someone who said that and then they immediately betray you and kill you? Oh, it's the worst, man. I've I've been playing a lot of Day Z and like I'd be a fresh spawn and you know, to be running with someone for like twenty minutes and then they kill you. I'm like, just kill me twenty minutes ago, man. Or Rust, like, when you I just spawn in, you're just a naked guy with a rock and you're like, bro, I clearly don't have shit. Like you're not gonna get anything from killing yeah. me. Just let me live. Yeah, I'm like your time, man. It's just I, 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 that's why I'm really upfront. Like, I'm gonna kill you or I'm not. You know, I usually just run away if I'm not gonna kill them. Right. I don't no, even want to talk. Totally. So, for somebody who streams these types of games, like I don't know about you, but being being a 34 year old dude, I I can't play these games all day. I need to like step back and take a break. Now, when you stream, do you usually like marathon stream? Do you usually go for like eight, ten hours at a time, or do you keep it in like nice, manageable chunks? Like, what is your approach to streaming longevity? Um, and well, I usually stream. I aim for six to eight hours, uh, Monday through Saturday. But you know, I if I'm not feeling it that day, I'll end a little sooner. Um, I'll take a day off if needed because I I think balance is really important. Like I make I I don't watch as much Twitch as I used to because I like to disconnect once I'm off stream and like I you know try to go work out. You know, totally um, take care of myself. It, it does one. I, I think my big problem with the big marathon streamers like wipe wipe week i know so many people do it even during the cycle twitch drops a lot of people that were affiliates with the game were doing 24 hour streams 48 hour marathons you know and i'm like it's insane that's for your, for your channel growth it's also 
not that great because if you're streaming at hours that you usually don't stream because it's a special event, people that find you during those odd hours are not going to usually watch you during your regular hours, right? Right. And uh, it just doesn't seem like it's it's um, good for longevity, you know? Um, so, you know, I treat it. I, I work in the mornings with my dad. Um, I just moved to Georgia to work with him and save some money. Um, and then, you know, in the afternoons, I stream and, and do my YouTube editing. You know, try to go about a reasonable hour. So you, your life consists of waking up early, working, coming home, streaming, which, let's be real, it's 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 a job. Like, you do all that. You have to be a certain way. You have to turn it on. And then after that, you take all your film, you break it down, and you're making YouTube content. So it's like the machine doesn't stop. Yeah, it, it, it well, that's why I forced off for sure. Sundays, I... Unless it's like a special, like beta, Mars beta, I'll be playing Sunday because it doesn't happen. But usually I force at least one day off. Um, but I think that's why the moment I get off stream, I disconnect from the computer. Um, but to me, even though it's like job hours and I get paid, you know, but it doesn't feel like it when you really, really like something you do. Oh, absolutely. It's just like, to me, it's just so much fun. And, and if I could, you know, the goal is to do this forever as my only job, you know? Right. And, uh, you gotta put in the hours and treat it um, like a job and, and with a job work ethic, right? Like I think people that quit on streaming and have aspirations to do it full time, they realize it's a lot more work than they think. And you know, you got you gotta handle it that way. Right, it's a I grind. It's like Nobody wakes up and they're just you know Doctor Lupo or you know Doctor Disrespect or you don't just wake up with a million followers and like G Fuel breaking down your door to give you a sponsorship. Unfortunately, like, uh, the cycle affiliation with them was all through, you know, putting in good videos or in the betas and streaming it actively and and making my you know small name for myself in, in the community and that's the time. But like I knew that it was gonna lead up to something good and it has so far. And it's just like it's matter of expectation. And but people don't realize is that the hardest part for every creator was always the beginning. Right. And it only gets easier more people that watch the more people that share your stuff it just does get easier over so time. for somebody who's grinding do you have any set goal for yourself other than you know making this a full-time job like do you have a set goal for like a calendar year do you set set goals like overall are you like hey by the end of the year i want to have x amount of followers or i want to be affiliated with x program or is it one of those things where you just grind and you take things as they come um, no, I definitely, I think goals, having reasonable goals, achievable goals, right, um, is pretty important. You know, not just in this, but like in life, you know, if you want to work out, you got to have reasonable goals to reach. And it's something that definitely got ingrained in the military uh, when I was in. Um, so for this year, personally, I, I really have been trying to grow that YouTube channel because I know a lot of your viewers on, on Twitch streams come from YouTube. And uh, if that grows, I know my Twitch channel will grow naturally. Um, so my goal is to hit, is to hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube by the end of the year, and then I should be pretty close to monetization for the channel then. Um, but that that's my biggest goal for sure. And then you know with with Twitch, I have viewer average goals I want to hit, but to me that growing my YouTube is a lot more important, honestly, because that that's they're both going to grow together if I'm doing it right, you know. Right. Definitely, it's one of those things where it's like. 
they work together. Like, I know a lot of people who kind of treat their YouTube separately from their TikTok, which treats that separately from their Twitch, and just, like, these things all are you. Like, you're the you're the product. Like, why not link all these things together? Like, one directs it to the other one, or one funnels people to the other thing. You know, that way you have a wider base to, like, reach as many people as possible. Because if you only, like, are doing one thing, like, if you're only putting out a stream, like, yeah, it's great. You're going to get traffic on said stream, but you could be getting so much more if you have, like, a YouTube video or preview a TikTok that's funny that people like, and they're like, oh, this guy's funny. Maybe I should check him out or, you know, whatnot. Yeah, I, uh, to cast I that net. mainly, like, just streaming, barely made videos, didn't really take my YouTube seriously the first two years. This is my third year like, doing this, just content creation. And, yeah, the first year and a half, two years, like, didn't really want to edit. I didn't, I'm like, ah, I don't want to do YouTube. I'm growing on Twitch. And I'm like, no, eventually I forced myself to learn it. And now I really enjoy it. You never know what you're going to like once you really get into it and learn and take it past that learning curve a bit, you know? Well, editing has such a... Editing's daunting because everyone's always like, oh, editing, oh, editing. Like, that's all you ever hear is people bitching about editing. And then, you know... It kind of, I think it turns people off from wanting to make long form or short form content because they're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that headache. Everyone else says it sucks. Why would I want to do it? You know? Right. And that's that's the thing. Like, first, I just, I'm like, I got forced to have it of editing. I got to just post on there. And then I'm like, all right, well, now I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm going to start editing longer videos. And now I'm just finding myself editing more and finding ways to make my edits better and i'm motivated to to get better at it right and that's that's because i've seen results and and my hard work has been off in certain aspects so it, that's when the goals come into play achievable reasonable goals you know if you meet them you feel good you met your goal hit, hit another one you know right that's why it's I think in, in content creation it's something like, to strive for and it's something that is also gratifying and it keeps people going. So it's like, oh, I did this. Like, what's the next step? Yeah, exactly. It's like a podcast. Like, I want to get a thousand listens. And then you hit that and you're like, oh, shit, I actually did it. Let's go to the next thousand or whatever. Like, let's get Manscaped to sponsor this so we can talk about pubic hair on stream and get money. You know, like there's all sorts of weird goals. Like one could have in my realm. So in your realm, that's a little bit more diverse and a little bit larger. It feels like it just could branch off in so many different directions. That, to me, that's part of the fun, you know, like to me when I, I like cycle is uh, was a really good blessing for my channel because I when I first saw the game first beta, I didn't really like it that much. And then I really dug into it and I'm really liking making content for it. So it's just, uh, I don't know, you just gotta throw crap at the wall, see what sticks and go from there and, and set goals for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. So with Cycle Frontier and its current iteration. What is something that you would like to see added to the game? And what is something that you would like to see changed or removed? Um, well, they've talked about the reconnect feature where you don't lose your gear. I know they said by season two for sure, but I was hoping sooner. Um, you know, something that I, I see a lot, a lot of new viewers will come chat and they uh they don't have people to play with in this games and they're like solo so tough i'm not a great as a pvp i'm like you know that bar the bathrooms bar that you do your tutorial from if there was a way where in your instance uh in the lobby of the cycle where you can VoIP in the bar to people and just like an actual bar and and be able to match make with parties there i think that would be great for the community one it would give like a gathering area where people can meet people and uh you know 
I, I've met friends through games randomly, and that's just how you start. You used to be able to be able to have a conversation. So there was a, a gathering place with VoIP pre-raid. That would be really good. Maybe a VIP lounge or something. Right. Yeah, like something that could diversify that a little bit more. That would be that would be pretty cool to see. Like that's the cool thing about Cycle or all these games that are brand new in their fledging state. Even Tarkov, because Tarkov's technically still in the beta. It's cool to see these things from like the square where you entered to where it's currently at. And it just seems like Cycle has so much potential in so many different ways. Like I could even seeing I could even see it being integrated into like a console because like it just seems like the graphics could be supported, the like the mechanics could be supported. Like, granted, would they have to change certain things for console players as opposed to PC players? Of course, but it would be cool to get those cross-play situations, and that way it would have a larger reach, and that way it would add more people into the looter and shooter genre, which I'm sure. And plus, there's no looter and shooter that I know of that's currently on a console, so that would be cool for Cycle to branch out into that. Yeah, that's why the genre hasn't blown up like BRs yet, because consoles aren't really in the picture yet. Tarkov is just that sounds awful on console, but but still, yeah, you're right. It does seem it, it actually has controller support in it. Uh, it's really bad. It's not fleshed out yet. I tried it once and it was awful. Uh, it's a channel of redemption actually. My channel where people can do it to actually just it's a bad raid for me. Like I can't move very well. It's clunky. It's the binds are you can't even rebind stuff. But I know it's something in the down the line. Like I, I want to see this game in like season four, right? Like a year down the road, when it's fleshed out and it's completely like you know an established monster in the genre. And dude, I, I think it could definitely go more mainstream than it is right now. It's still quite low key, you know. If you know it and you play PC shooters, you or watch Twitch, you know of it. But console players, they don't know what this is. I had people thinking it was a cycling game, like bikes. <laughs> Right. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be so many more games that are going to enter this pool because the looter and shooter genre is not going anywhere. It's been very successful. It's gaining traction. So it's cool that Cycle Frontier is like one of the it's going to be considered one of the OGs in a few years because I, I don't see this genre going anywhere like BRs. Remember when BRs were brand new and people were like, oh, it's not going to last. And we've been experienced like a decade of BRs at this point. So. It's cool to see something else emerge for people who are kind of like, you know, over that BR aspect or like, you know, want something a little bit harder or want something a little bit more like continuous. Because like in BRs, what do you grind towards? You grind towards getting skins for your guns if you're playing COD or, your, you know, your, to make your KD yeah. better. Yeah. Whereas this one, you actually have like tasks and missions and things to like reach for. Yeah. And, and I think like a looter shooter could be a better introduction for like people that play single player games, right? that don't really pvp because they don't have to pvp and they they will but you know you can get away in a lot of raids without seeing people if you know how to move around um and i think the feeling of like having something that works for like you said quest and 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 crafting your own stuff can be really appealing to people that play survival games right that's why i think it's like it's the bridge for like survival games and, sh and then like fps shooters this little genre right here right see that's that's just so cool so when it comes to your demographics, do you get to see on like YouTube or Twitter? Or no, not you. Sorry, not Twitter. YouTube or TikTok, like the country of origins of where people are listening or watching your content. For for YouTube for sure. Um, I have. It's funny. I started streaming when I was still my last year um, living in Hawaii for the Navy. 
So that time zone, actually, I had a lot of people from Europe watching me back then. So I have a bit of like a UK and US demographic. Being East Coast too helps since I go live early around 2 p.m. It's still like nighttime in Europe. Like uh, it's nice having a bit of a European crowd too. Now, do you have any of your former shipmates from your Navy days? Do they ever come in and like, you know, watch your stuff, give you a little bit of shit? Do they ever jump into your Twitch chat? I actually, yeah, there's actually a few that still come by. And one of them uh, has tried streaming and he's trying to, uh, he's actually trying to learn Rust and DM me about it. Like, hey man, this game's hard. <laughs> How do I survive you now? And so, so I actually, yeah, they've, uh, I do see them from time to time. That's just one of the great things about Twitch, you know? People, uh, they're they're awake typing like, hey, how's it going? Absolutely. And would you say that there's any country where you're getting viewership that you would never expect in like a million years? Like, do you ever sit back and be like, oh, wow, I'm big in Belgium or something like that? Not big, but man, I I have a few viewers from India. Oh, that's cool. I just just, never really thought about that before I started streaming. I thought it'd be all like American kids. But no, they, uh, one of them has watched me since I started streaming two years ago and he, uh, he told me he's going to college now. I'm like, that's so cool. He's like, yeah, man, I started watching you when you were, uh, when I was still in my last year of high school. I'm like, that's sweet, man. Like when people tell you, you know, you see them kind of progress through life and they see you progress as a creator. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So as somebody who games and puts out all this content, what has been your most gratifying moment? Like, have you had a moment where it's like validating? You're like, I'm doing the right thing, or is it just one of those things? Just the way you feel at the end of a day. It's just like this that feeling of like I'm doing what I love. This is awesome. Like, do you have a gratifying moment or a gratifying series of moments? Um, I had one that definitely. It was my first, I guess, short that really did well on YouTube. It's a Project Zomboy short that I, I put. I didn't even put that much time into it, and I didn't expect much, but it's. It, that's like what keeps getting views on my channel. It's got like 100k plus, 130k plus views, and that was the first video that like really popped off for me. And even though it's a minute, I'm like, okay, I got it in me to like make content that can go that go a little viral, right? Right. Um, from a, you know that 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 like a little moment. That's what kickstarted my YouTube like say passion, but like what really got me driven to keep going. And that was last October when I posted that of 2021. Before that, I was kind of dabbling on my YouTube, but when I saw that one pop off, I'm like, okay, I got it in me to do well on this platform. And, you know, almost every video I've been putting out is kind of about doing all the old ones, which is really gratifying to me. As long as I see some sort of progress, no matter if it's small, you know, that progress is what keeps me going. Yeah, the boulders being pushed up the hill, like you're making progress. And that's like one of the coolest things to see is like, cause like, I don't know, as a content creator, Personally, I feel sometimes like you get stuck in these ruts where it's just like there's progress, but sometimes it doesn't meet those expectations or you'll have one week that's amazing. And then the next week you'll be like, so it's really easy to get down on yourself if you like dwell on those things. So it's like it's really cool when you can see that progress and you can be happy and you can like recognize it without dwelling on like, you know, maybe a week that's a little slower, maybe a week that, you know, isn't as eventful or fruitful. Yeah, expectations is a big thing in this, uh, I guess, this industry, you know. Right. Um, having reasonable expectations because otherwise you're always going to be let down, you know. Um, the, the mental aspect's of- also very difficult for a lot of people. It's, you got to have to do well 
it, it, at the end of the day, we're artists, you know, whether my, my tool is a game and I entertain, that's my goal. Yours is your tool is your, your podcast and you're trying to educate and, and keep people entertained through audio. It, it's just, we're, we're artists at the end of the day and, and artists being artists is not easy, especially when we make a little living out of it oh for me it's easy i, I just eat i just pop an edible and i talk to a stranger about a video game it's pretty fucking sick <laughs> you it's the cake i you know you're good at it and to me that's how i feel about making videos and, and streaming it's easy that becomes natural and that's why i know you know it's why i enjoy it but some people they're like how can i stand for a camera and have people watch me how can people will listen to me and i don't know i don't like the way i sound you know it's something that that's what helps too is not everyone can do what we do, no matter how easy or hard it looks, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Just, like, some people hate public speaking. Some people hate talking to strangers. And then just, like, some people hate being on camera. Like, I know somebody who hates being on camera, and, like, they've told me they want to be a streamer. And it's just like, how are you going to do that? Like, I guess you could stream without a camera, but, I mean, I really be good luck to you. Yeah, or somebody who gets, like, stage fright. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, you don't, you're not like seeing the people you're streaming for. Like, there's just a little red number that you can make disappear. But interacting with Chatwall, like, you know, there's a person behind that, unless it's a fucking robot saying, you want to be famous or something like that. <laughs> Every time I see one of those, like, want to be famous things, I just always read it in like a creepy voice. Oh, man. It's, it I always seems so like a scam. Yes. Oh, I bet. <laughs> So, have you noticed you get more scammy, like, things the bigger you get? Or do you see that those kind of dwindle out? I I think they're just, not just how big, people that are small get them. I used got them from day one of streaming, like, uh, on, oh, dude, the worst is, if you mention the word thumbnail on Twitter or Instagram. No, oh, a million artists. Oh, it's so annoying. Like, I just, oh, God, I can't. I can't the words. I can't thumbnail thumbnail or reband those are the worst <laughs> it's yeah uh, i i got so many weird like clothing companies that are it's just like they give you an affiliate code and it's crappy clothing but then i go on their page and it's just like twitch streamers that don't have any audiences trying to promote this brand that no one's ever heard of and it's so many predatory businesses oh yeah like the energy drink ones are really bad, like the smaller ones, because they'll give you a promo code and they'll want you to go to promote their stuff. But if somebody clicks your code, like they'll give you like 10% off. But if somebody clicks your code and goes to the site, they'll immediately offer that person who went to the site a coupon for 15% off. So they don't have to pay the streamer in question because the person who goes there is going to be like, oh, 15% as opposed to 10%? Of course I'm going to take that. Yeah. Like I've seen that with a few. It's, it's sussy. Yeah, I... I, uh, what do you call it? Something I tell a lot of creators, I guess, are new or that want to try, you know, because I, I do, I have learned some, some of this stuff in three years. I like to think I know a little bit of what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and it's just like, don't take in the sponsorship or affiliation unless you really think it's fits with your content, your brand and your audience. And I think a lot of creators forget about their audience when it comes to these codes and partners. Oh, absolutely. You know? Is your audience really good? Or you just want to seem legit because you have an affiliation. I, I I knew a lot of these cycle affiliates that got the partnership. You know, a lot of them already don't play the game daily or barely in, during the week because the hype is down. You know, it's not release season. It's now we're in the, the middle of the season, right? And that's why I know they were kind of maybe more in it for the, the hype and Twitch drops. And then now they're on to the next hype thing. It's, right. 
Next thing you know, they're going to be like psycho, and they're going to be marauder people. And then, like when yeah. when when Tarkov wipes again, they're going to be Tarkov people. It's just like you know, riding the highs and then expecting exactly. the viewership to maintain, which of course it's not. Right, and you know they're like, well, I I, I was doing the betas, but you know, well, yeah, but you stopped streaming the game or making content for the game the moment the hype died down. Right, it's just um, you know, like I would. I take things that I know I might want to stick with long term, you know, such as the cycle. I, I I thought about it for a while before I apply. I'm like, do I see myself making con long term for this? I'm like, yeah, I think so. And so far, I yeah, still I'm enjoying it, you know. So it was a smart business decision on your end. See, the most misleading statistic is Twitch followers, because yeah, you could play a game once and get five follows, and then go to something else, and those people will never come back. But the, that number you have for followers will stay the same. And a lot of these, like, you know, places that are offering sponsorships from places, like, you know, like you said, that sketchy T-shirt thing, they're only looking at that yeah. number of how many people follow you. Like, they don't watch your channel. They don't know what you're playing. They don't care. They just want to see, like, oh, this guy has, like, um, like 5,000 followers. Maybe five of them will buy T-shirts, so we'll make money off of it, you know? Yeah, it's so, that's why it's a predatory. It just feels like you're not... That's why when I when I get these messages, I'm like, this looks like a copy and paste message with my name in it. You know, it's right. It gets annoying. <laughs> you just have to. If something seems too good to be true, it probably is. Yep. Unless you know you're getting reached out by like a legitimate thing, like if Logitech or Razor or you know one of the big boys reaches out and makes content. But like wants you to make content for them, then by all means take that. But if it's like some no name thing from a brand you don't know, never heard of, or something that you don't partake in, like if you hate coffee, don't take a coffee sponsorship. Like what would be the point of that? Unless you know they're gonna offer you like ten K up front, but who the fuck's gonna do that? Let's be real. Right. I think it's one thing, like I mean, if it's a clear financial getting the bag move and it, you, you know i'm all about transparency i told my community I'm like, guys look if i ever got a fat offer for money for something kind of sell out i probably would do it and i think i would tell you guys that it would be purely for the money and i've never gotten an offer like that it's too good to be true not yet not yet right but i think it's about transparency and, and you know i've seen some streamers big ones you know that are constantly doing at this at that and it gets oh, yeah. really really annoying so i think there's obviously a line but I don't call any streamer that gets something sponsored to sell it either. Yeah, you can't hate on them. For example, Ninja's talkie commercial that you see randomly on Twitch. It's like, all right, well, I don't really care about talkies. I don't even know if he likes talkies, but good for him. You know, he's getting paid. Yeah. Like, granted, he's already pretty established, and he probably, you know, can survive well without talkie money, but good for him. Like, he's got bills to pay. He's got a family to support. Like, if Funyuns knocked on your door, even if you hate Funyuns, and they're like, hey, bro, we'll give you we'll give you money. We'll pay your rent. We'll pay off your car. Just, you know, support, like, the rep Funyuns for a while, you're going to fucking push the shit out of Funyuns. And anyone who calls you a sellout for that is just a little crying kid because they wish they had that opportunity. Like, let's be real. Like, we're all adults. We all have bills to pay. People who claim that they only want to, like, you know, do things that they like. Like, well, how often is that one company that you love going to, like, reach out to you? Sometimes you got to, like, you know, how many people took G Fuel sponsorships without liking G Fuel? Like some some of them probably preferred Ghost, but they're like, "Hey, I need the money. I want to do this for a living, and this is what's gonna get me to that to that end. It's a means to an end. Some of these deals, and some people don't see it that way. 
And, and you know, like if you're, commu- you're, you know, depending on how you're building your community, most people are pretty understanding too. Um, right. If you're doing it right, right? If your community is giving you a hard time for trying to survive, then maybe maybe you need a little talking with your community and change a few things. You right. know, like let's say you're an amateur driver. And then Ford hits you up saying they'll sponsor you for a full ride to go to like, you know, like a circuit of racing. But, oh, I like Chevy. Fuck you. No, no one's going to say that. They're going to be like, let's Ford up. I'm built Ford tough. Let's do it. Exactly. Like, who's going to turn that down? Like, imagine if you're a skateboarder and like some company you don't like is offering to like, you know, fully sponsor you. You're not going to be like, no, fuck you guys. I'm a creature guy. (laughs) Like, nobody's going to do that. Right. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just I don't, I don't know, man. Kids are funny nowadays. I think it's just like I think it's got to do with jealousy, or it's got to do with other things, like that. I, 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 I it's weird. I think people are still. I, I, call, I think Twitch is still live streaming as a whole, and even like being a creator, YouTuber, that's still quite. Um, and I wouldn't say infancy, but it's still not mainstream. I it's guess it's not like, fleshed out. People. Like even when it comes to taxes, that that's a little sketchy too. Exactly. Like to me, like I tell people I want to do this for a living, they're like, "Oh, you want to play games for me?" Like, no, it's not just that. It's a lot more than that. And then I tell them there's money involved. They're like, "Oh, well, okay." Then it's approval, right? And they just assume you're on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, I, I guess people are just not used to the whole thing. It's it's kind of shitty uh, that money is the validating factor. Like, I, you know, like parents are a good example. They're like, oh, well, how are you going to make money? Like, oh, I actually make X amount of dollars doing this. And then that immediately validates it as, like, you know, viable. They're like, oh, okay. But, you know, for somebody else that's, like, you know, not in that mindset, they're like, oh, you just play video games all day. It's like, well, it's a lot more than that. I'm actually right. editing. I'm actually entertaining all these fucking people. I'm doing this. I have to clean my room. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Oh, man. So, when it comes to events and things like that, do you often partake in events like subathons, charity events, tournaments, things like that? Um, no, I've never, subathons, no. Um, I do, like, try to do a charity event, uh, once a year. Um, when, when I'm wanting to do, we're in July now, I'm trying to do September, most likely. It's, uh, stackup.org. Um, they're, like, a nonprofit that, you know, as a vet myself, you know, I like to make sure to give back to that community somehow. Right. And, uh, my gaming piece, I actually apply to a program on their website, right? Get this. Um, I, my... Current, my old PC was breaking down. I was in college, you know, last two years online, and they're in COVID, right? You really needed a good PC to do just anything, and my stuff was breaking apart. And this uh, org that they support active duty and veteran uh, members alike, um, they have a PC program where you apply, you show them proof that you're a vet, and where you know talk about your service a little bit. Uh, you shoot them a DD two fourteen, and then you tell them where you're gone. Yeah, and and they uh they give PCs to vets, man, like brace they have the RPCs, and I completely forgot about it. Beginning of twenty twenty one, I applied. November of last year, they reached out and said I was picked for one of these PCs, man. Oh, that's and awesome. This thing has a 30, 32 gigs of RAM, brand new thing, dude. I was streaming Tarkov at like forty FPS, seven twenty P. Now I'm on since like November, man. I've been on two PC setups, streaming my games at like one hundred sixty five. 1440p monitor you know it's insane so 
I've been wanting to do a charity stream for them, for Stack Up, um, and just raise money for the for the org. And uh, they take those funds usually, and they send care packages to active duty soldiers across seas. Right. Um, they're really they're really. Which um, a lot of creators might you know who are listening might know of them. That's a solid way to give back to that community, especially one that helped you out so tremendously. So that's super cool. So we'll put a link in the description for Stack Up so that way people interested can check them out. And then when the dates for your uh, event come out, we'll retweet that on like, you know, the Castlecom site and my personal one. So that way anybody interested in giving these guys a look can absolutely take a look at it. But that's super cool. You found an org that not only supports veterans at her home, but also overseas sending them care package and things like that that because somebody who was overseas i can't tell you how awesome like those little packages come in handy even though some of them get don't send chocolate to the desert if you're gonna send a care package because that shit's just gonna melt into a solid brick that's my best advice for that i will send entire consoles with like brand new games that these uh, soldiers and sailors are missing out on then look man like even on the uh the mental health side they have a 24 7 discord where if you're you know suicide prevention hotlines uh if you, you know i know unfortunately mental health is tough as gamers and as vets unfortunately in the community you know a lot right. of you guys have seen some shit and, right. Uh, and there's not always the most support, especially in the civilian side where people can't exactly relate to the shit you went through they're just like oh exactly so, so you must have PTSD. That's like, yeah, it, it, it's 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 really good work that you know I I I've done one uh, charity stream for them before, and I'm like I said, I, I I feel uncomfortable sometimes asking for money, but for charity, you know, that's something I will definitely uh, push people on, you know, even if it's five bucks because it all adds up over time. So totally stack up dollar. Yeah, every cent helps, and you don't know if that donation is going to. Like help somebody's deciding factor or you know like you know there's a lot of people that could be going through some hard times and then like who knows maybe your donation went towards a pc that's going to help turn somebody's life around or help them find a career like there might be someone who's like yeah, i'm yeah, not man. social enough to like you know work in like an office setting but i could totally be a streamer i could totally work from home or somebody who's like injured and like you know can't do what they used to do and is living off of va benefits could be like oh i could totally like you know still do this and feel active you know like there's so many potential good things that could come from that organization. Mm-hmm. That's like up there with those wow, ones that like give people a dog. Give people a dog. Like, you know, those like veteran ones that are like, oh, service dog needs a home. And they like link uh, that yeah, with yeah, like yeah, those yeah. ones. Yeah, those vet communities are always yeah. great. Yeah, man. It, especially I've dealt with the VA and it could take forever to do anything with them. You know, oh, it's God, just, right? Yeah. Just wait list. And then when you get there, they can cancel your appointment over the phone while you're in the waiting room. Oh, yeah. I've had my fair share of VA horror. (laughs) It's not fun at all. But anyway, Spicy, we're getting close to our time constraint. And, you know, as you know, we like to keep between an hour, hour and a half. Is there anything else that you would like to say? The floor is completely yours. Um, no, just, you know, thanks for having me again. Um, if you guys listening like Cycle or uh, Marauder's content, you know, definitely look out for those. I'll be streaming uh, pretty much those two games a lot, especially once Marauder's released. But, um, no, man, thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure uh, chit-chatting and, and catching up on Twitter. Oh, your, absolutely. Uh, daughter, Poppy. 
<laughs> oh yeah, dude. That was actually a hilarious mistake because my wife usually drinks hot chocolate in the morning because she's not like you know doesn't always get yeah. coffee. So like you know I was just like oh I'll give her a sip of hot chocolate. She loves this shit. And it was turned out to be coffee. I was like oh. oh. <laughs> she's going to daycare, so the daycare didn't say anything crazy. I like I, I she, they were like your daughter won't stop shitting. And, like you know, they didn't say anything like that. So I guess it's cool. Dude, I saw that tweet when I was on the shitter after having coffee. <laughs> so I was like, oh no. It was the baby. She's ruined the daycares. <laughs> oh my God. So fucking funny. But anyway, Spicy, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for being on on a Thursday morning esque. It's always great to have you on. Episode 48. Anytime you want to come back, we'll have you back. Maybe we'll get you on when Marauders drops. We might even do a panel like we did a little panel for the Marauders Alpha. Yeah, so like fun. We'll, we'll keep yeah. you. We'll keep you in the loop. Just don't be a stranger here on the Castle Comms. And if you want to do hood rat shit in space, just let me know because I will definitely be on cycle. From it. I'll be on Marauders. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! All right, guys. With that, that's been episode forty-eight. Or are we forty-nine? I don't fucking know. All I know is I'm the eight-bit nobody. And have yourself a fucking week.